0: Is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.cornerstone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Good morning, everyone. I sincerely hope we are having a good time worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk, it's in the Old Testament, I know many of us who don't um, read that section of the Bible quite often, but it's a good book that has some great principles we can learn from. We'll read a few. We won't read the entire chapter of chapter one. We'll read some of the verses. Habakkuk chapter one. Habakkuk chapter one. I still hear pages flipping. I don't know. I I cannot recite all of the books of the Bible, so I won't say exactly where, but it's closer to the New Testament. Habakkuk chapter 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Verse 5, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless, impetuous people who sweep across the whole, the whole earth to seize dwelling places not their own. I will skip to verse 12. O Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my only one, we will not die. O Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. O Rock, you have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot, you cannot tolerate wrong. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Let us pray. Father, Speak to our hearts, and may your name be exalted. In Christ's name, amen. I want us to to look at the title, When God Doesn't Make Sense. When God doesn't make sense, what do you do? Many of us are going through some challenging times in our lives. We're facing many trials and pain and suffering. And we wonder where God is. You may have someone who suffers from Alzheimer's or dementia. And you are the caregiver and it is rough. Maybe you have just lost a loved one. Maybe you're struggling with some sort of illness that causes you to be at the doctor on a regular basis. Or the financial situation that... Your own will not allow you to live comfortable and take care of your daily needs. When you look at your friends and relatives who do not know Christ, they are prospering and are doing well and you wonder what God is doing. You have done everything in your power to make sure your child or children do what's right, but you realize that they are disrespecting you in your own home you realize that the court system has two kinds of justice. One for the rich and powerful and another for the poor and the less fortunate. You're asking the question where are you God? We see people in poverty who do not have food to eat, running water to drink. We see women who want children and they're struggling with infertility. We see human trafficking in our time, people are selling young girls and boys for sex and cheap labor. And we cry out to God, like Abacuc, where are you? Good, de- good decent people are in pain and suffering, and you, un- and you cannot understand why, when we serve a great and mighty God. God, you just don't make sense. May I suggest something to us this morning? When God does not make sense, I encourage you to trust him. You and I do not know how God is working, but guess what? He's working. It may not be the way we want him to work, or the way we want want him to deal with the pain and the suffering. But guess what? God is working. Habakkuk had a similar situation as ours let's take a brief moment to examine the background of the story of the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is considered to be one of the minor prophetic books. Although it is one of the minor prophetic books, it has a major message. It is known as one of the minor prophetic books because of its length when compared to books like Isaiah and Jeremiah. However, the message of Habakkuk is one of major importance. I believe the message the author wants us to get, to reflect on, to consider, is that we must trust in God in the hardest of times, even when it seems that God does not care, seems unjust, hard, callous, or unfair, while good people suffer. When God does not make sense cornerstone, trust him. Habakkuk cried out to the Lord and asked, Why do good, decent people who follow your precepts suffer while others who do unlawful things are prospering? The book of Habakkuk reads like a twenty first century newspaper. We 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 ask some of the, the same question today that Habakkuk is wrestling with Is God in charge? Where, why is there evil? How can I, how can I believe in a personal, God, uh, pers- in a pers- how can I, how can, how can I believe in a personal, a loving God if He allows bad things to happen to others and to me? Why do we believe? Why do we, why do we have all these school shootings, diseases, sickness, accidents, injustice in our court system? If there is a God, these are the questions. Abacok wrestled with what was happening in Israel that caused Abacok to ask these questions and write the book that bears his name allow me to give you a little insight of why abacok penned this book the book of abacok is said to be written during the reign of king josiah king the king the king of judah around 620 to 612 bc before the reign of Josiah, just Judah had ruled by two wicked kings, who were the father and grandfather of Josiah, King Ammon and King Manasseh. In 2 Kings 21, we are told that King Ammon and King Manasseh forsook God's law, and instead of worshiping the true and living God, they erected idols to Baal, idols to Baal, and made Asherah which were figurines, images dedicated to the Canaanite goddess. Of fertility. They worshipped the starry host and built altars and other gods in the temple where God promised Solomon he would put his name. They practiced sorcery and divination and consulted medium and spirits. Ammon and Manasseh led the people of Judah astray, and they kept and they kept them from the law of God. Josiah was eight years old. Josiah was eight years old when he came ruler of Judah. As he grew in stature and and manhood, instead of, of following his father and his father and grandfather, he began to seek God, the God of his forefather David. His personal desires grew for the things of God and at around age twenty he began to a nationwide purging by tearing down the, the down the the, the idols and, 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 and altars that filled the land. He also began to be to rebuild the Jerusalem temple which was desecrated by his father and grandfather. During the repair of the temple, Josiah found a copy of the law which his father and grandfather tried to purge from Judah. When, the, when Josiah had, 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 had a full understanding of the law and knew the requirements of the law and that the nation of Judah was, comp, was not complying with the law, He was deeply moved. At age 26. Josiah asked for the law to be read publicly. To the people. In Judah. This led to a renewed commitment to the Lord. By the nation of Judah. And for the first time in many generations. The people of Judah celebrated. The Passover. It is of utmost importance. That we read. The word of God publicly. There is something special. About reading the word of God publicly. When we read the word of God publicly. God can convict humanity of sin. Righteousness and judgment. God can move in the heart of sinner. And transform that person. When we spend time reading the word. Whether here at church publicly. Or in the privacy of our home. Listen. The word of God will transform and change hearts for the glory of God. If we read the word of God, we will, we will see major differences in our marriages, in our spiritual life, in our children's life, in our attitude, in our relation with our fellow men and women. The public reading of the word can transform lives and make a major difference. Josiah, after Josiah had this religious revival and the the destroying of the pagan deities, restoration of temple worship and recalling of the priests and Levites to their rightful place of service. And with a renewed spirit and, and the leadership of Josiah, you would think the people of Judah would follow God's precepts. After the death of Josiah, instead of a genuine revival we see that it was an artificial revival because they went back to the old ways of doing things. Yes, the the physical relics, altars, Asherah poles were gone, but these relics and altars were embedded in the hearts of the people. Until hearts are changed, there will never be true revival. Yes, the word was read in the temple, but the word of God was not applied in the hearts of the people. If we read the word but do not apply the word, we will be able to quote scripture but have no heart for people. Yes, we will be able to, to find the scripture and defend our faith and defend, uh, uh, defend our faith but have no intimacy with the Savior. This was where Abakak was. Abakak was. His own people the Jewish nation was perverted. The court system was shut. Justice was, justice was not prevailing. And good people were suffering while it seems, as, seems bad people were prospering. And what was, what was wrong was considered right. We who follow, we who are following you and have trusted you are having a hard time and struggling while those, while do, while those who, are, who do evil are doing well. Habakkuk was saying to the Lord, the courts are led by unjust elders who are taking bribes, listening, l- listening to lies, and are perverting justice. The system that, that you have established is being misused and, uh, by, the, by those in power. The nation uh, the nation was deteriorating, and the, and the elect remnant was in disillusion. Habakkuk was frustrated, and he complained to God in verses 1 to 4. Habakkuk's faith was tested. As we examine the life and story of Habakkuk and how it applies to us, I want us to have in the forefront of our minds the main message of the book of Habakkuk. And that is, that is, we must trust in God in the hardest of times, even when it seems as if God does not care. He seems Unjust, hard, callous, or unfair, while good people suffer. In examining the book of Habakkuk, we find that chapter 1 teaches us how faith is tested. Chapter 2 teaches how faith is taught. And chapter 3 teaches how faith is transformed. This morning, my desire is to flesh out how faith is tested. Our faith, how faith is tested. Habakkuk's faith was tested. Habakkuk's name means to wrestle. In verses two to four, we see Habakkuk Habakkuk's complaint. He had a burden. Habakkuk was wrestling with one of the old age questions as well as an intellectual and theological question: How can a merciful God, a gracious God, a loving God, allow good things to happen? to Good, decent people. Or bad things happen to good, decent people. Habakkuk cried out, How long, O oh Lord, must I call out for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out violence, but you do not save. Habakkuk thought God was indifferent. Habakkuk did not understand and could not understand. We want to, uh, he, he, wanted, he wanted to harmonize injustice and evil. He saw in Judah and what, and what he believed about the true and living God. Judah had turned its 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 back on God. Judah had given up itself over to false God and un, 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 ungodly pursuits. Judah had backslidden. The prophet wanted to know how could a holy God tolerate such evil and still be the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Was God dead? Was God in hiding? Was God why was God silent? Was God on a hike and won't be back for a couple of days. Maybe, maybe God does not answer prayers anymore. I'm sure we have been here before. I'm sure we have been here asking God the same question. You wonder where is God. You wonder what God is doing. Why, why, why is he silent while I'm suffering? Lord, Lord, I'm crying out to you, but you are indifferent. <coughs> God, you are, you are not making sense by not answering my prayer. Where are you God? Maybe your reasoning. God has the power but does not care or he cares but does not have the power. Both rationals are wrong. He has the power and he cares and he has a plan. He cares and he has a plan. The prophet cried out violence. The prophet saw murder, rape, kidnapping, drunkenness, idol worship, prostitution. He saw the political unrest, bribery, nepotism, he saw he saw social injustice. With all of that the prophet saw with all of, of what the prophet saw. He questioned if God still answers answers prayers. He was disturbed as to whether God was in control or not. Habakkuk was wrestling with the plight of humanity. The elect, in particular the elect. And the suffering they were going through. Yes Habakkuk was complaining. Yes he thought God was inactive. Yes he questioned if God was asleep or or dead. But, But one thing I like. What Habakkuk did. He did not take his complaints. To the social media of the day. The text does not say. The text does not say he called a group of like minded people and complained to them about what God was not doing. He did did not go to a counselor saying he was in a deep state of depression because of the injustice that is going on in his society and God is nowhere to be found. Yes, he thought God was indifferent, inconsistent, inactive. Maybe he thought God was, was lazy and not doing anything by allowing good people to suffer while those who have nothing to do who have who, those who have nothing to do with God were prospering. The text does not tell us that he consulted anyone. Habakkuk had a problem, and you know what he did? He went to God. He went to God. When see when things seems to be unjust. Cornerstone when God does not make sense cry out to him. When God does not make sense, trust him. When when our faith is being tested, trust him, cry out to him. When it seems as if God is indifferent, inconsistent, inactive in our life. Don't go to the social media. When God does not make sense, don't, don't, don't have like-minded people come together and complain about it. When God does not make sense, don't have a pity party and worry and fret. When God does not make sense, cry out to Him. Amen. Tell Him your heart. Tell Him you're hurting. When God does not make sense, trust him, folk. Trust him. Tell him, tell him you seem indifferent. You seem inconsistent. You seem inactive. Why am I going through such, such hardship while others who don't trust you are doing well? Peter tells us to cast our burdens before him. Because he cares for us, the psalmist says, "Cry out to the Lord, I lift my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell him my trouble." Psalm 25:5, 20, verse 22 says, "Cast your cares on him; he will sustain you." In our darkest hour, cornerstone. In our darkest hour, when it seems things cannot get any better, the best, the best place you can find yourself is in the presence of Almighty God. Is in the presence of Almighty God. When it seems as if God is not there, trust Him. We are not living, Cornerstone, we are not living, we are not living unless we are suffering. We are not living unless we are suffering. God does not make robots and every and, 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 and everything will not will, everything will not go according to plan everything will not go well when you are in pain when you're struggling when good decent people are, are are suffering trust in god you know you know why we can trust in him you know why we can trust in him we can trust in him because we we, we can trust in him because we know what He has suffered for us. When when we look at that twisted, tortured figure on the cross, nails through hands and feet, back lacerated, limbs wrenched, brow bleeding from thorns, mouth mouth dry and intolerable thirsty, plunging God-forsaken darkness, we know we can trust Him because He went to the cross for us. He went to the cross for us. Hebrews five sorry Hebrews four fifteen says For we do not know for we do not know a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Christ has been through what we have been through. So when things are going wrong, trust him. Trust him. God spoke to Abbacon. God spoke to Abbacon. It must have it must have taken a while for God to answer Abbacon. The answer that God, the answer that Habakkuk was looking for, he did not get. Verse, verses five to, to eleven. God was about to raise up a ruthless, an impetuous nation called the Babylonians to bring justice. To the people of Judah. I am sure Habakkuk was astonished, surprised, and confused. The answer God gave him did not solve the problem. The answer God gave him did not help him. Actually, it caused a greater problem for Habakkuk. God did not answer why for Habakkuk, but God told him what he was about to do. When our faith is being tested, and we want an answer from God, many times he does not answer the why of our question, but tells us what he's going to do. May I share something with us this morning? God is not obligated, God is not obligated to answer the why to our question. He's not. He, 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 is, he is not obligated to answer the white to question. He is God. He is in absolute control. He is the I am that I am. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He is the king of kings, the lord of lords. The, he, he, he spoke and it came into being. So whatever he chooses to do, that is prerogative. He's not saying, you know Radley, I'm going to do this, this way, just to please you. No, he's not. God is sovereign and he's in control of our lives and and, and, and does what he pleases for his glory and to draw us closer to him. As gracious and merciful and loving a God he is, he owes us no apology for what he does. He owes us no apology for what he does. Verse 5 says, look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you, would, that, that you would not believe, even if you were told. It is possible, it is possible that God wanted to give Judah another opportunity to repent and stop. Worshipping false gods and come back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is possible that God wanted to frighten, scare the people of Judah of what was about to take place. So they would come back to him. He says to them, look and watch. God possibly wanted to bring fear to Judah by using this godless, ruthless, adulterous nation the Babylonians, to bring Judah to repentance. No foreign alliance could help them. No diplomacy could help them. No military power could help Judah. Only, the only person who could help them was Jehovah God. In, in Second Chronicles 7, verse 14 says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and see my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive them and heal their land. But they did not. What is, what is God using in your life to get your attention? What is God using in your life to get your attention? What is God allowing in your life for us to come back to him? Sometimes God allows things to get worse. So that he can get our attention. Will someone has to die? Suffer for some kind of serious or suffer some kind of serious ailment. Lose a job. God wants us to love him. To commit our life to him. But we, but we don't sometimes. And we allow things and we allow some things to happen. And he allows some, some things to happen. To get our attention. In Habakkuk God possibly wanted to get their attention by saying, look and watch. What?" I'm going, what, what I'm about to do. And if you repent, if you repent, I will hold back my judgment. When Habakkuk was told that the Babylonians were coming to bring, to bring judgment to Judah, I am sure he was perplexed and confused. Here is a lesson I want, us, I want us to leave with. God oftentimes gives unexpected answers to our prayers. We pray at times for things to happen a certain way, but instead of it getting better, it gets worse. Oftentimes, God does does the opposite of what we are expecting. That is why the Christian life is a life of faith. We don't know what to expect, but whatever comes, let us trust Him. When God does not make sense, I am going to trust Him. When God, when, when 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 you get the medical diagnosis that you didn't expect, trust Him. When your <coughs> when your spouse walks out on your marriage, trust Him. When when you get a call, when you get a call that your child is in an accident, trust Him. When the whole roof caves in. Trust him. That is not what what you're looking for. But guess what? I'm going to trust him in spite of the difficulty, in spite of the challenge, in spite of the diagnosis, in, in spite of the car accident. I am going to trust in the true and living God. When God does not make sense, trust him. We will never understand the fullness of an infinite God. We will never understand, as finite beings, we will never understand the fullness of an infinite God. Trust him when things are rough and challenging. God was about to use the Babylonians to bring discipline to his people. It seems very strange that God would use such an evil nation to chastise a nation that is Less evil than the one, less evil that that was going to bring judgment. What this suggests to me is that God is is in control of all things. Whatever happens in our world today, God is not flabbergasted, confused, mystified, befuddled, or baffled. He uses individuals and people to carry out his will. He, he, he is the one that raised up the Babylonians in verse, in verse 6. I am raising up the Babylonians. He's the one that, 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 that raised them up. In Jeremiah 25 verse 8 to 11 says, Therefore, the Lord Almighty says this, Because you have not listened to my words, I will summon all the peoples of the north and my servant Nebuchadnezzar, King of Babylon declares the Lord and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn and an everlasting ruin. I will banish from them the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, the sound of, of millstones and the light of the Lamb. This whole country will become a, des- a desolate wasteland, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Listen, Cornerstone. Every military power is under his control every Prime Minister is under his control. Every President is under his control. Every Chancellor is under his control. Every nation and country is under his control. Every Empire is under his control. Every King and Queen is under his control. Every Pope and Pastor are under his control. Everyone is under his control. It wasn't it was not the intellectual ability of the Babylonians that caused them to, cap, to capture Judah. It wasn't the dynamic leadership of, the, of Nebuchadnezzar. It was not their military power. It was not their planning and strategy that caused them to, to besiege Judah. It was, God who, it was God who was using them to bring discipline to his people. It wasn't their military power, their might. It was God who was bringing discipline to his people. There is nothing in this world that, happen, that happens by chance. There is nothing in our life that happens by chance. I don't know, about, I don't know how God is going to work things out for, for you and me. But one thing I do know is that God is in absolute control. Whatever he does, we can trust him. Whatever he does, we can trust him. When God does not make sense, cornerstone, trust Him. When things aren't going so well in your life, trust Him. Things will go bad. It will. And it has, I'm sure. But when it does, and continue to do so, trust in our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Trust in Him. Habakkuk responds, after God had spoken to him, Habakkuk response. After God had spoken to Habakkuk, he recognized that Judah needed discipline because of their sin. But what was shocking to him was who God was about to use to bring discipline to his people. Habakkuk came to acknowledge that God had appointed and ordained the Babylonians to bring discipline however what he was struggling with was reconciling god's action to god's morals, moral standard lord if you if you if you are holy and cannot tolerate wrong how then how then can you use such ruthless nation to discipline us yes with all our failures, we are more righteous than the Babylonians. It would be like us, an evangelical church, going astray and preaching unsound doctrine, accepting all sexual immorality, making no distinction between male and female. You can be whatever you choose to be. Preaching a prosperity gospel, and then the Lord using a ty- tyrannical. Communist government who suppressed its people destroy to destroy the organized church of America. Wouldn't we we be asking the same question as Abba Are you indifferent, God? Are you inconsistent? Are you inactive? Why do you tolerate wrong? Why would you use (coughs) a nation that is wicked to bring discipline to the organized church Of America that is more righteous. Why would you use a ruthless ungodly communist nation to discipline us. We pray for revival for the church. But instead of bringing revival you are bringing destruction to the organized church. Yes the organized church would be destroyed but the true church would continue. It would be rough. It would be tough. And the church would grow stronger. But God is doing what, 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 what God is doing is to flush out those who preach a different gospel. One of the things, one of the things I like about Habakkuk, although he questioned God and asked God why, he never questioned, he never questioned the existence of God. He never questioned the existence of God. Yes, he was frustrated about, he was frustrated with God. Yes, it seems as if God was was acting indifferent, confused, inconsistent, inactive. But he never once questioned who God is. He never once. He never questioned the character of God. He never questioned the nature of God. He never questioned the essence of God. He never questioned the deity of God. What he questioned was the mythology of God. He questioned How was was God going to use such a ruthless nation like the Babylonians? Yes, he he, 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 he was was for um, Judah being disciplined, but but not by the Babylonians. He never once questioned the very character of God. Habakkuk knew God was real. He knew that God parted the Red Sea for the nation of Israel to cross. He knew that God had given Moses the law on Mount Sinai. He knew God rained fire down on Mount Carmel. He knew that God created the heavens and the earth and placed the stars in the sky. Habakkuk affirms his faith in God. Folk, when things are going wrong in our life, affirm our faith in God. That he is the true and living God. Habakkuk affirmed his faith in God. In verse 12 it says, "O Lord, are you not from everlasting? Are you not from everlasting? Habakkuk was not complaining from a standpoint. Habakkuk was not complaining from a standpoint of unbelief. But from a standpoint of belief. In, verse, in, in Habakkuk 1 verse 11, it says that the Babylonian strength is their God. They rejoice in their, military, in their might and military power. Habakkuk's strength, Habakkuk's strength was Jehovah God. Yes, he questioned God's method, but he never once, once questioned his existence. We need to realize that we cannot de- depend on our own skills, talents, and giftedness. We cannot depend on, the, on how much money we have. The only hope we have as a church is to depend on the strength of Almighty God. Depend on Him. Even though even though Abba did not understand what God was, was doing, he turned to Him in faith. He acknowledged God as a self-existent one. Oh Lord, you are absolutely independent of man. He acknowledged God as the everlasting one. You are without beginning and ending. He acknowledged God as my God. You are the creator who is strong and you can do the impossible. He acknowledged God as the holy one. The one who is separate from all. Totally able to to back up his promises with his holy character. He acknowledged him as a rock. He is, he, is, he is stable God, never changes, and is true to his promise. He cannot be moved from his word. He acknowledged him as, faith, he acknowledged him as faithful when he says, I will never die. Abakat knew the God of the Old Testament. He knew that God was the covenant keeping God. And he wouldn't, and he would, and he, and he would keep his promise. He made it the nation of Israel, promising them they would live forever. Time and time again, God said to Israel, I will be their God and they will be my people. Even in discipline, God will not leave his people. He will be faithful to his promises. He is a faithful God. Isn't that assuring, sure Even when God is disciplining in us, he will never leave us. Nor forsake us. He's always there. He will never leave us. Nor forsake us. It does not matter where you are in life. God is faithful. Even when he's disciplined us. Even when he he does not make sense. How is your faith being tested? Today. What are you going through? What doesn't make sense in your life? Right now. Just remember, He is the self existent one. One, He He has your problems in the palm of His hands. He is the everlasting God, whatever you're going through. He knows it, and you and you can find comfort in the fact that He knows all things. He is the only one. God promises, God promises will come through in, in your life. It may not, it may not be fulfilled in this life, but rest assured, it will be fulfilled. He is our rock when our faith is being tested and we don't know how things will work. May we anchor in the rock of our salvation, our Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ. He's stable, and he never changes. He's faithful. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. He will never renege on his promises. He will never leave us nor forsake us even in the darkest hours of our lives. When God does not make sense, Cornerstone, what do you do? When our faith is being tested, what do we do? May encourage us to trust Him. Trust Him, Hebrews 2.18 says, because He Himself suffered when He was tempted. He is able to help those we're being tempted. Christ has been through what we what we have been been through. When our faith is being tested, don't give up hope. You may question how God does execute his plan, but hold on to who God is. He is the self existent one. He's the only one. He's our rock. He is our God. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He's faithful to his promises. When we come to our wits end and we don't know what tomorrow holds, trust in him because he holds tomorrow. When we are not able to rationalize, rationalize things out any longer in faith, just trust him. Just trust him. Is it hard? Life is hard, hope. Life is hard, but guess what? We have a savior. We have a Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. He came and he shed his blood as we celebrate last Sunday. He came and he shed his blood. But praise be to God, he did not stay on the cross or on the grave, but he rose triumphantly from the grave. So when we are going through things, trust in our risen Lord. And see, let us pray. Maybe... maybe you're here this morning here's an opportunity for you to surrender your total being to Him. I'll give you the altar it's always open things are hard in your life I don't know what it is but whatever it is just come to the altar cry out to our Savior cry out to him Lord things are hard I don't know I'm going to get I'm going to pay the next bill My things are happening in my life I'm sick you name it. Many things might be happening in our lives, but you can come to our seed. You can come to Jesus. Come to the foot of the cross. And he will help, help us to deal with our challenges. Why don't you, as we, as, as we sing this last song, there's an opportunity for you to surrender your being to him. Surrender your life to him and tell him, cry out to him and let him know Cry out to him knowing, that, knowing him, knowing that you are, you are firm in your faith in him. And whatever happens, I will trust you, Lord. As we sing this last word, pray that our hearts will be moved. And cry out to him and give him our total being. And whatever happens in our life, we will trust him. Thank you for listening today we hope this message was a blessing to you to learn more about our church or our media ministry you can visit us online at wwwcorner or find us on facebook